Yeah, Thomas Covington, MXGP of Italy. This is it, I guess. Five years, however many rounds, and the end of an era. We kind of touched on it uh, last week, but how are your emotions? What's it been like this week? And are you pretty gutted or excited, or what's happened? Uh, you know, when I first decided to uh, to go back home to the US next year, uh, I was a little bit a little bit sad actually to leave the GPs. But um, here this last week, just. Uh, I guess the reality of it's really setting in, just packing all my bags, getting ready to move back. And um, while I am sad to leave everyone, all my friends I've made in Belgium and Holland, it's uh, I'm pretty excited about getting back and uh, starting a, a new chapter on Supercross and all that with a new team. Everything is kind of going to happen quite quickly after this, isn't it? Like I think you're going to watch your nations and then you're straight home. So with all the packing, planning, and all of that, has that kind of taken you away from training and focusing on these races, or uh, not at all? Yeah, not really, because end of the season, it's such a long year. I've just kind of uh, taken it easy the last couple of weeks anyway, just kind of maintaining the fitness that I already have. And, um, you know, if you're, not, <laughs> if you're not fit by this point, you're not going to get it. So um, just trying to be as rested as possible and um, got my parents over. They've been helping me pack up and uh, get my apartment all cleaned up and ready to move out. So that's been <laughs> a bit of a job, but uh, you get so much junk... <laughs> over the course of five years you don't really realize it so um trying to decide what i'm going to take and what i'm going to leave behind so um yeah but you know i'm i've been really excited for this round i think uh i, I like these tracks that are kind of built on the circuits and um especially this one being more hard pack and quite a few jumps on it, i think it's going to suit me pretty well let's turn back the clock a bit to uh winter 2014 i guess you had a uh I think it was a free race deal to begin with with uh, KRT and then obviously it got extended and extended again had I told you at that point that you'd spend five years doing GPs with multiple teams have wins and all of that would you have believed me or would you have told me that I'm mental <laughs> no I mean I think that was the goal all along I mean actually I think I probably wanted a little bit more to be honest uh, especially by this point um, you know I've always really liked riding the 450 as well so if you would have told me I'd still be riding a 250 at this point I'd yeah actually I would have liked to have been on a 450 a little bit sooner but um you know uh with the age rule here um it all kind of unfolded the last few years as I was going through it and um you know with that better off to stand MX2 as well as there's not so many rides in the 450 class so um was my only option but um no it's been definitely been a, a fun ride uh i yeah, when I did those first three rounds, I definitely wasn't planning on staying. Um, I just uh, did the first three, and I enjoyed them so much. I'm like, wow, this is cool. And especially just how uh, professional the races were run, too. I'm like, man, this is this is the real deal. I like this. And um, with all the traveling and everything, that's something that intrigued me, too. And, um, yeah, I decided to go for it. I thought, you know what, maybe I'll stay over here for a year or maybe two, see how it goes, and then go back and uh, do my thing in America. But... Um, every year I'm like, ah, I'll go, I'll do one more year, one more year. And yeah, I finally just had such a good opportunity with, uh, Bobby Hewitt's Husky team in America. It's like, um, if I was going to go back, this is probably the best opportunity. Obviously I was on the round to, uh, interview you back in 2014. So if you can even remember, just talk about how that whole deal for just free races came about. Like, did you put the idea forward? Did it come from Kawasaki monster? Like, how did it all happen? Yep. Well, I came over and did uh, one European round at Matterley Basin in 2013, and uh, that kind of opened my eyes to the whole GP world. I mean, 
I hadn't even watched a GP before that point. Like, I knew who Caroli and Hurlings were, but that was about it. And, um, yeah, so kind of opened my, my eyes to it there. And then um, I guess through Monster, like, my dad kind of came up with the idea. And um, I guess he had been dealing with KRT quite a bit at that time. And, uh, yeah, so I, at that time I had a contract with Mitch Payton to ride for Pro Circuit in 2014 and 15 Supercross and Outdoors and um, pretty much just asked Mitch I was like hey what do you think if I went and did the first three Outdoors because I wasn't going to start in Supercross I was going straight to uh, Hangtown for Outdoors and um, I was like what if I go out there and do um, a few races just to get some 30 minute motos under my belt because amateur racing in the US is really short races so um, he thought it was a good idea and he built me a few engines to ship over and uh, yeah, I flew over to France and tested with the team a little bit there for a few weeks and then, um, yeah, showed up at guitar. And uh, <laughs> actually, I forgot what the question was, but. How the whole deal came about? Yeah, yeah, so that's pretty much, I think, just my dad reaching out to, uh, to KRT and seeing if it was possible. And yeah, worked out good. Obviously, that, I guess that was maybe common sense because it all kind of worked out. <laughs> it'll fit in with your deal in America and how everything was planned so when it came time to make changes and commit to the series was that difficult like was it a proper sit down really need to think about this decision or were you kind of set on what you wanted to do no I was really it was a really tough decision for me actually because after those first three rounds um, a few teams really reached out to me and wanted me to stay stay this whole season they're like hey what if we offered you this and stay do the rest of this season and then next year and at first I was like no 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 I've got my thing in America like I'm not gonna pass that up I mean it's what I've dreamed about since I was little and um but then the more I thought about it and you know the more they kind of bugged me about it I was like man this might be a really cool opportunity and um yeah ended up just uh yeah, thought about it for, I guess I had only had one week to really think yeah. about it because there was like two weeks off in GPs. If I was going to do it, I had to fly over and be at ARCA uh, in a couple weeks. So um, I decided to go for it. I kind of jumped in head first and uh, moved over to Holland. Did you have a bit of security from Mitch? Like, was he all for it? Obviously, he had planned to have you for the outdoors, so he had kind of got the ball rolling with that. Did he say, like, if you do this, I can't? kind of keep something open for you here as a uh, backup plan or did he say like when you get sick of it when you want to come home we'll look after you like don't worry about that side of things no no not at all um if i went it was pretty much done there um he wasn't going to wait around for me so uh yeah actually i guess another reason i took the deal was um like i had the contract with mitch but um just the way the politics of the whole situation like I'd been a team green rider since I was eight years old with Kawasaki, and then um, I feel like Kawasaki was kind of pushing Mitch to, you know, give me a pro deal. And also with my dad being in the position that he's in, um, I feel like Mitch felt like he maybe had to give me something. I don't know if he was really that motivated to have me on the team, whereas the teams here in Europe were really wanting me on the team, and that's something that really drew me, um, you know, to CLS. And... Um, but yeah, when I decided to come over, he was—he totally understood. He was—he um, thought it was really cool. Actually, he's always been a big fan of GP riders, so um, he thought it was a, a pretty cool idea. 
I guess now's the time to uh, shut up the people then that said that you only came over to begin with because you can't ride Supercross and you're scared of Supercross yeah. and it's terrible. Like that didn't even come into it. That's just no. that's just stupid. Yeah, pretty much. I, I rode quite a bit of Supercross um, the years leading up to my pro debut, uh, racing the amateur All Stars class at Monster Cup. So like the three months before that, every year I'd be on the Supercross track and. Uh, Never had a lot of luck at the actual event. <laughs> I think my best result was a fourth. But, um, yeah, I always felt really good at the test tracks, you know. And um, so kind of looking forward to getting back into that and then getting some more uh, race experience in Supercross. Obviously, once you started getting into the swing with European races, it was very different to overseas. Did that maybe, did regret start to creep in at that point? Obviously, you finished third in a moto in Qatar at your first race. So at that point, I'm sure you were pumped on GPs and wanted to be here forever. Yeah. Once you got to Trentino, which I remember being a real tough track to you, for you to begin with, yeah. at that point, did you start to think like, shit, what have I done? Yeah, for sure there was times like that. Because um, the flyaways, actually for the first couple of years, they went really well for me. I was always really strong there, but the European tracks and things like that, I just didn't gel with straight away. And it took me a long time to really figure those out and um yeah especially arca I, I hated that place arca and you know you would think hard pack track i would like but um we don't have any tracks like that in in america like really old school like natural terrain motocross tracks um like arca and uh czech republic and um there were definitely times where i just i'd call up my dad and be like what am i doing here like i just want to i want to quit like i want to come home but he's probably the main one that just kept like pushing me like look just keep going like like you're a good rider you're gonna get through it just like keep working keep doing what you're doing and eventually started to figure things out in a situation like that everyone always thinks like oh once the first year's out of the way that'll be it like that's the learning year it obviously takes longer than that so did the whole thing take longer than you thought to get used to everything obviously it's fine now it's not even a worry but did you think you'd catch on to everything a bit quicker than you did um, yeah, I guess so. I think the biggest thing I struggled with was my, like, inconsistency, like, all the way up to this year, really. Um, because I could be so good at times, and then uh, the track conditions change just a little bit, or maybe they overwater it or something, and I'll just, like, get all tied and I ride like crap. So, um, yeah, I think it took me a bit longer than I expected, because even the second year and some of the third year, I struggled with some of those same tracks. And uh, I think part of that had to do with I spent I still spent a lot of time in America um, my first few seasons, um, which probably wasn't the best for my riding. But for me mentally, it was like the only option. Like uh, you know, I was only 17 when I moved over. I was just in Holland by myself. So um, whenever whatever chance I got, I'd go home. And uh, you know, I'd be training at home, but it just uh, it's a different the tracks are so much different and so much easier to go fast on in California, you know, prepped every day. So that's probably something that hurt me a little bit until recent years when I just stuck it out and stayed in Europe through the whole winter. Even like your first win, that came at the end of 2015, so I guess that was kind of two full years in. That maybe came earlier than you expected, even though it was overseas and there's many ways to look at it. I'm guessing that, you didn't expect that, and then even after that it was tough to maybe manage your expectations because obviously you get one win and you're like sweet like let's do this all the time yeah yeah for sure it was um i feel like i always knew i had the potential to go out there and win a gp um 
it was just the fact of everything falling in place, um, getting the good starts and not making any mis- like stupid mistakes. And um, yeah, I feel like I always had the potential. Even my first year at some rounds was like, man, I could go out there and like podium this GP or win it, you know. And um, just never could get it all together. Do you think maybe it was all mental? Like once you kind of got it into your head that when you go to Trentino and you're like, I can actually do this track, like. This isn't going to kick my ass. Like, was that maybe the turning point for you? Because, like you say, it's not like you weren't a good enough rider or whatever. It was just, yeah. I guess, maybe believing that you could do it. Yeah, that probably had something to do with it. I mean, my first year going to Arco, I thought like, oh yeah, I should be fine. Like, just another motocross track, you know. Um, but I went up there and barely scored points. Um, so at that point, like, I was really confident, but I just didn't have the skills to ride that track at that point. And um, I think later on maybe mentally I mean I didn't feel good on some of those tracks until I got some decent results and then I'm like okay like this is not so bad of a track for me and then I come back the next year and podium or win a moto there something like that it doesn't sound like spending so much time in America in your early years is a regret but is there something that you look back on now and think maybe if I'd learned that sooner or I'd moved to this area sooner something like that that you maybe regret not doing immediately um Actually, I mean, I had really good people around me from the beginning uh, when I moved over. So, like, um, you know, living in Holland, Belgium, I think, was the best decision. Um, And that's where I've been the whole time. So um, there's nothing really that stands out. It's just, like, a big regret. I mean, I think um, it would have been cool to start working with with Jackie or Joel Rolant a bit sooner um, just to help me with uh, especially the sand, but also how to set up my bike and uh, testing, things like that. Um, it's where I've really progressed in the last few years since I've been with Husqvarna. So, um, yeah, if anything, I could just, you know, meet some people a little bit sooner. That's, uh, I feel like there's nothing else that I really could have done to, to help my situation. So, Even that's an interesting point, because with Zach and even Darian, like, everyone thinks that if an American's coming over, the ideal thing is to jump on an English team, because obviously language, England's, I guess, a bit closer to what life's like in America do you feel like even that would have helped you or do you kind of think that whole theory is just not true at all uh maybe mentally just because I mean I love being in England uh I go over every chance I get really um but as far as riding and training I think Belgium's the best place to be I mean um there's nowhere else in the world I don't think you get as like as rough and like gnarly tracks just midweek uh as you do there um you know, for hard pack tracks, it's a little bit difficult around there to find a good track. But um, the hard pack tracks you do have around Belgium are <laughs> pretty, yeah, pretty crappy. So um, it's good training for some, you know, some of the tracks we race on. Same with regrets. Like looking back, is there one race or moto or just a good point that sticks out in your mind? Like obviously the first win in Mexico, that's obviously a big one. But I imagine the moto win in Aston, like. That's maybe a point where you're like, right, I've arrived. Like, I can do this no matter where I am, what I'm racing, or whatever. Yeah. Now I always joke. I joke around with uh, Jeffrey sometimes. I'm like, dude, it's my it's my claim to fame. Beat your your home GP in the sand. Like, only gotta ever do that. <laughs> but no, nah, that that was a cool moto. Um, you know, a little bit extreme conditions, but uh, that was a cool moment. And then, but actually, probably. Um, one of my favorite races of the whole five years actually was this year at uh, at Arca with Prada. 
Um, that was really cool, especially being on that track that I hated for so long. Um, that was a really cool moment for me, just getting that pass on the last lap. And probably one that I regretted was uh, Czech Republic this year. Um, when the win was just so close, like I feel like I was definitely the best guy that weekend, and he, yeah, probably was just right there in front of me. And I, there was one moment um, with two laps to go, turn right, jump down the hill, and then into that left. And I just watched it back on TV, and like I thought about like going up the inside, and there was a gap there, but I like I backed it off, so I'm like, oh, I've got two laps, I'll get him somewhere else. But that was the only chance I got because he just he rode perfect the rest of the race and I didn't get another opportunity. So um, that was a bit of regret for me. Um, <laughs> other than that, yeah, if, I, th- I feel like every time I was on the track, I've, I gave it my best and that's, that's all I could have done. One thing I've always wondered about you is like, through all your time being in Europe, have American teams offered you deals like any year? Could you have gone back, jumped into Supercross? Like, has there been that interest from across the pond? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, not as many as yeah not that many actually um i think because i was so open about being happy here guys didn't really uh reach out to me too much about coming back because they knew i was enjoying it over here so um yeah not i don't know if anyone ever really reached out to me and said hey i've got a spot up and would you come back and ride for me no one's ever really done that um i think bobby hewitt was really the first guy to um, to show, you know, a little bit more interest than normal, and uh, yeah, that's what that's what I like about it too. I think they believe in me, and uh, that's always a good feeling going into a new team. Equally, though, like no one from that side showed interest in you in the last five years. But have you like explored options over there recently? Like, did you ever call people up just to see if that was an option to go back? Nah, I didn't. I didn't really even search actually. Um, I think my dad mentioned to me a few times, like, oh, like. Mitch has got a spot for next year. Do you want me to, like, talk to him about it? Or, um, you know, with other teams, I knew that maybe they had a spot open, but I was pretty satisfied with staying in GP. So, like, uh, I wasn't ready to go home yet, actually. And I don't know if I'm fully ready to go back now because I'm, <laughs> I'm really loving it at this point. But um, I think it's just I think it's just time. Even, like, I feel like the last few years has helped you having Darian Marshall and everything. Like, yeah. it seems like you've got a little America in Belgium. Like, people have even told me that you thought about opening a coffee shop or something. Like, you're that set, I don't know. Yeah. Nah, it's definitely been cool, especially, like, this year. Uh, having Darian, Marshall, and uh, Anthony Rodriguez all living, like, within 20 minutes of me, pretty much. Um, that's been really cool. And, yeah, we always meet up at this coffee shop, like, I don't know, probably four or five times a week we're in there. And uh, then the lady came over and she was selling it, and me and Darian were like, dude... <laughs> we should buy this place and run it but yeah obviously we never did but um yeah i mean if the deal was right i'd probably be content staying staying in europe longer but um it's just it's tough with the with the age rule and then uh forcing so many guys to move up and there's only so many spots in the 450 and um you know i think if i if i could have been promised a you know a factory deal 450 class then I would have stayed, but um, it's pretty difficult for anybody to do that at this point. So um, that's, I think, for my career in the long run, um, it's, you know, I'm, I'm better off to be in America. 
I think you even said when the deal was first announced that like you have actually got another year in MX2 with the age thing, and if the deal was right, you'd quite like to like see that year out and have another stab at a world championship. Obviously, yeah. do you still feel like that way now? Like after going through the emotions and kind of saying goodbye to people and all of that? Yeah, I, s- I still feel that way. Um, that's the thing. Like I told him, I pretty much told us, like, hey, if you can promise me a 450 deal in uh, 2000, what would it be, 20? Yeah. 2020, and then. Uh, I'd like to stay but um, at the time that we were negotiating that there was really just no spots available like everywhere is packed full and um, I was like alright then I'm going to go to America and um, you know the team here I feel like they would have liked me to stay and I'm really happy to stay with them but um, yeah it just didn't work out and also if I would have just stayed the one more year (laughs) I seem America I'm like what if I just pushed it back one year and they were like yeah but we can't promise you that there's going to be a spot open and so it just kind of forced me to go this year i guess the way that you've ridden this year kind of makes that even more confusing because like i was writing some stuff about you this week and the second half of the season's been amazing like you scored more points than jonas which obviously means you'd be in a title hunt so that's great like that's awesome to sit here and think about but then it's like well shit if i could do that next year then i'd be well on for a title like yeah you kind of got to take the greatness from this year and think it's amazing without worrying about what could have happened in the future, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I mean, next year, too, it's not like it'd be a walk in the park to, for a championship either with Prado staying and, you know, um, you know, my teammate Olsen. And there's always a few guys that step up every year. So um, that's definitely in the back of my mind. You know, everybody talks about it. But, um, yeah, I'm just happy to, you know, be on the podium so much the second half of the season. And, um Hopefully I can get one more GP win before I go back. <laughs> Wrapping this up then, obviously we spoke about it a little bit, but what's your plans after this? It's all going to happen quite quickly, and I guess you'll be on a supercross track in California within like three weeks or something? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to go back to Belgium and uh, pack my bags and then fly straight to Michigan for Red Bud, and then uh, from there to California and have a few days holiday, I guess, rest. <laughs> and then... Uh, I'm going to go watch Monster Cup, and then that Monday or Tuesday I'll be back on the track after Monster Cup. So. Is it going to be weird for you going home? Like, Obviously, you're moving across the world again, so that, in that sense it yeah. sounds like it's a big deal, but you're going home. Like, Is it going to be tough to get used to everything again, like the shops, the daily routine, or is it something you're looking forward to? Uh, it's probably something I'm looking forward to because you know, moving from America to Belgium, that's something that really takes some time to get used to. Like, The hours of the shops are open, and it's just like... Yeah, it's difficult. Sometimes I'll get home from the weekend on a Monday and everything's just shut. It's like some weird holiday, I don't know. And I uh, have no food in the house and just, yeah, I don't know the schedule. But uh, in America, it's I feel like just the lifestyle is a bit easier. You know, you got, you got the shops that are just open 24 hours. and uh, Plus my parents are there and my whole family. So um, I think it's going to be a lot more comfortable for me to live at home. Um, but it will take some getting used to for sure because I haven't been uh, I haven't been back to California in just over a year actually because I came back to Europe um, in October yeah beginning of October last year and then just went went to Alabama for one week for Christmas so um, it's definitely gonna be weird being back uh, I'm so used to living in Belgium now by myself too and um, yeah but I'm looking forward to it. Two more things quickly. One thing, every time I've interviewed you this year, I've walked away and been like, shit, 
I forgot to ask about your knee. Like, oh yeah, this it was a massive deal in April or May or whatever, whatever yeah. it was. Like, your Instagram post sounded horrific. Like, yeah. but no one's kind of mentioned it. Like, are you going to need surgery? Is it bugging you? Like, is it just nothing? No, it's. Uh, I think a lot of people would probably get surgery, <laughs> but um, just I've been doing physical therapy um, pretty much nonstop because um, my right knee. It's been it's been bad for five years now like uh, I haven't had an ACL yet since I was 14 or 15 in my right knee and then uh, my left knee is the one that's been uh, bothering me since nations last year and um, yeah with it being my first knee injury I had it the ACL repaired after nations and then um, in Portugal I actually retore it but I was like I'm not gonna go through that surgery again I'm like um I'm just going to build the muscle up around it and do what I can and um, just deal with it like I do the right one. And um, It really hasn't slowed me down at all this season, and I don't see it ever really slowing me down as long as I keep it strong and um, you know look after it well. And um, Actually, with uh, Ortema Braces, too, I've been working with them just because I have pretty like special knees. They've, uh, they've done a lot to help me and hold these things together, so uh, I'm pretty confident in that. And, I think they'll definitely last me, uh, you know, several more years. <laughs> Finally then, uh, I'm kind of springing on this on you, but throughout your five years in Europe, is there one trip or story or memory that sticks out in your mind as a good one? Like something that you're just never going to forget? I guess something that you can tell without getting in trouble as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there's definitely, <laughs> there's probably a few actually. Um, but the ones that stand out the most are uh, probably the ones in... Yeah, the, like the flyaways, going to these like crazy places like uh, Thailand and Indonesia, and we usually end up spending like, you know, a little over a week in those places because we have two rounds over in Asia somewhere. So um, those trips were probably my favorite and the most memorable, um, especially this year. Going, um, having the two rounds in Indonesia, then spending a week in Bali in between. It was just, uh, yeah, it was unreal. Actually, it was it was cool. At that point, I was like, man really why am I going back to the US like I'm sitting on the beach in Bali I'm like this is not going to happen next year like <laughs> but you know uh, it's really good memories and yeah I'll, I'll be talking about these last five years for probably the rest of my life so uh, just trying to make try to make the most of it and um, yeah really enjoyed it <laughs>